You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 25. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Well, welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. My guest today is very special to me. Christian recording artist Meredith Andrews has been a friend of mine for over a decade. I love when you have friends for a long time. So much history. We originally met when someone from our church asked me, could she sleep at your place? (laughs) And we later worked together in a completely different capacity on some tours. And today I'll be chatting with her about how to keep your heart pure during hidden seasons. I cannot wait for you to get to know her. Well, let me give you a little bit of background on Meredith. She's been singing since I think she was like six. She grew up in North Carolina and later attended college at Liberty University in Virginia. She's married to a a songwriter and producer, Jacob Suter, and together they have three kids. In 2011, she won two Dove Awards, Worship Song of the Year for How Great is the Love and Praise and Worship Album of the Year for As Long as It Takes. She has five studio albums, including Mesmerized, The Invitation, As Long as It Takes, Worth It All, and Deeper. Plus, I think she also has a Christmas album called Receive Our King. If I'm wrong on any of this, she can correct me when we get her on the call. But on a regular basis, Meredith leads worship at major women's events, and she's a worship leader, of course, at conferences. She's toured with people like Matt Marr and Natalie Grant, Big Daddy Weave, Vertical Church Band, Phil Wickham and Michael W. Smith. Oh, my goodness. She's worked with so many amazing people. And through all of that, she is as real and down to earth as they come. Please welcome my friend Meredith. Hey, Meredith, thanks for joining me on the show today. Hey, Jill. Thanks so much for having me. So did I botch anything up in your intro? You didn't. You know what? I think that was probably the most impressive, concise intro I've heard in a long time. <laughs> I might just need to borrow that from you to send it to all the other people who are asking for interest. <laughs> because I pretty much covered it. Great. That's <laughs> awesome. You know, when yeah. I was I was searching to find, like, you know, what? Like, I couldn't remember. Like, I knew you went to Liberty, and I was like, I can't remember exactly, but I did remember your wedding was amazing. Yes. <laughs> I know, but that feels like another life ago. I've been married for over 10 years now, and I'm like, I was just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you were. We were babies back then, but it was a very memorable day, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how many brides? I, I think you're the only bride I've ever <laughs> seen. You know what I'm going to say. Yes, <laughs> that, I know. That gets brought to her wedding it was for everyone who's listening it was this gorgeous outside wedding and there comes a horse-drawn carriage with Meredith in it it's kind of pretentious when you think about it (laughs) but I'm not pretentious I don't know it was on a plantation and it just seemed really fitting and I'm like well I'm only going to do this once so let's do it right (laughs) it was beautiful I think you couldn't hear us because we were all in the you know in our chairs watching you come and like every like there was a big like breath like everyone was like like it was such a fairy tale it was gorgeous it was really sweet well I had a really sweet moment with my dad too I remember that now you know we were sitting in the carriage and we were waiting until it's time and we could hear the music off in the distance and 
you know, just chatting with him before like the biggest event of my life, you know, yeah. so it was really sweet and really memorable. And I'm so glad you got to be there. That was. I had just moved to Texas at that time and yep. we had worked together at Harvest, uh, which is where right. Vertical Church Band is birthed out of. And mm-hmm. Uh, I had moved and I was so missing all my friends and I was so glad you invited me not only to celebrate your day but to see everybody that I miss so much yeah that's awesome well and so you know I love I didn't really plan on asking you this but I'm kind of wondering if you want to share I remember when you first met Jacob yes because so, <laughs> you came to harvest right out of Liberty mm-hmm. And I was on staff, and they asked if you could stay with me, so we got to know each other a little. And uh, so I knew when you were dating other people, and we'd process Mm -hmm. our singleness together. But I remember when you met Jacob, and you came back and you from Nashville, and you were like, I met this guy. And it was just (laughs) like, you describe, I mean, is there anything that you feel comfortable sharing about your love story? Oh, of course. Uh, Yeah, I love sharing that story. I love kind of reliving it, too, you know? Um, well, what's funny is I was living in Chicago and I, I think I'd been living there maybe about eight or nine months, um, when I met Jacob and about a week or two before I was, um, I was sitting with some friends and you know them well, the Dunwoodies, they're the family that I lived with when I first moved up there. And I was talking to the mom, Miss Sherry, who's like my, I called her my Chicago mom. She's amazing. And, um, I don't know how we got on the topic, but we were talking about marriage and singleness and all the things. And, um, and I just said, you know what? I think my husband's in Nashville. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, I'm, I think I met him the week after that conversation. It was so crazy. Um, but, Jacob used to play keys for this guy named Jeremy Camp. You've probably never heard of him before. <laughs> anyway, um, but he used to play keys for him, and I was just there. I had started going to Nashville to write, and um, and I was there about once a month. And um, in April of 2017, I was uh, at um, a concert, a Jeremy Camp showcase downtown Nashville for. Um, the Gospel Music Association's big week that they used to have that um, kind of revolved around the Dove Awards, and they would have uh, many concerts every night throughout um, the week um, all around town. And I went to this Tuesday night concert. Uh, (laughs) I was invited by uh, a friend of a friend, basically, and um, saw Jacob right before the show, um, and was introduced to him by this friend of a friend and the whole band. And it was just like, I, some, I don't love at first sight, if you will. And <laughs> I know that doesn't happen for everyone, but it was a, it was an immediate connection. And, um, after the show, I ended up going out to dinner with the whole band and, um, and we talked for a while and he, I didn't give him my number or anything. I knew like, it was obvious that both of us were interested in each other, but I didn't want to be like, well, I'm not just going to like give him my number and I'm, yeah, I don't want to make a scene. So I just left and I was like, Lord, if this is something that is supposed to happen, you're going to have to make it happen. He ended up finding me on I think like all of my social media platforms at the time, which were, I think MySpace and Facebook, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> you yeah, remember MySpace, yeah. but he just sent me a message and just said, I love getting to know you a little bit tonight. We'd love to hang out more when you're back in town. And I sent him a message back and I said, I'm here now. <laughs> I have my number. <laughs> and we literally went on our first date that night and got married 13 months later. So 
Now we have three babies. <laughs> That's so good. I love that yeah. story. Yeah, so, and sweet story. Let everyone know your three kids' names. Okay, our oldest is Maverick. He will be eight in September. Um, our second son is Remington. We call him Remy. Um, so it's Maverick Elijah, Remington Ezra, and Francis Evangeline. Um, but we call Francis Frankie. And um, her name means free one, and she definitely is a free-spirited little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and there's never a dull moment at our house, but we're in a sweet stage because they're almost eight, five, and three, and it's just really fun. No more diapers. You know. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> it's a new bet. kind of freedom. It is. And, yeah. and I can't imagine imagine what it's like I mean when you and Jacob met I mean you were I don't even know if you had your record deal at word yet did you um when I met no I, I when I, when I met him I didn't um I was just talking with word and I think I I met him in April and I signed my record deal in September and then I released a record the following April and then we got married in May so that was a whirlwind year you know yeah um yeah but I was just kind of talking to um, word, uh, when we met each other and I, I, it was really neat though, because he didn't know anything about me or my music. Mm -hmm. And I really was glad of that, that yeah. we could just get to know each other, not based on what we did or like yeah. that didn't even really influence it. It was more just, we fell in love with who each other was as, as individuals. And, um, and then he quickly, you know, realized like, this is a big part of my life. And I realized that music was also a big part of his life. And it just, and it was amazing how it all just kind of fell into place and went together. And for the first four months of our married life, he was still on the road with Jeremy and I was on different tours and doing different shows. And so we were going opposite directions, but then, um, he just felt really called to come on staff at harvest in Chicago where I was on staff as well. And I became a worship leader and started producing stuff for vertical there. And so it just was really cool how we we've been able to, do music together and you know yeah. now we're living in Nashville he still has his own thing and he doesn't travel with me a ton um he, he's such a homebody you know I'm the mm. adventurous spirit and I love to travel I mean I love being home obviously and I don't love I'd hate leaving my my people yeah but he would he would rather just stay home all the time and yeah. I'm like I need some adventure in my life <laughs> so we balance each other out in that um but he's still producing you know all my stuff and we write together so it's fun getting to to do ministry and, and music with my husband. It's amazing. Yeah. And what's it like for you, for both of you, as you're, you know, you've got three kiddos that now they're a little more independent, no diapers. Right. But what does life look for you now when you're, you know, um, I hate to use the word balance, but both of you sure. are, you know, kind of juggling a family and a career that isn't like other people who do nine to five because you are right. out of town or there's long studio sessions. How yep. does How does God use that? um, in your life? Yeah. Well, Jill, I can't say that I have all the answers and it's honestly a, a constant conversation, an open-ended conversation that we are continually having, um, because we want to do it well. We want to do it 
the best way that it can be done. And I think that looks different in every season. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, summer looks different because my kids aren't in school. And so, um, we were able to take them on the road a little bit more often. And so for instance, at the beginning of the summer, we did a big California trip. We were out there for about 10 days and it was just a mix of work and vacation, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, we got to go to Disneyland because one of the churches gave us Disney passes and we had a great time and it was fun just to get to take the kids with us. Um, because I, I also, I, I don't want them, um, I want them to feel a part of what we do, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're still young. So, um, there's only so much they can do, but even just getting to sit in the room when we sound check or, or being there for part of a, a night of worship, or, um, sometimes I'll bring them on stage when they're in the room, you know, and we'll sing a little song together or something. Um, but I, I don't want them to, um, resent uh me being gone i don't want them to resent ministry and uh, and i don't know if this is right or not but this is kind of where i am right now i've talked to a lot of friends who do what i do and they say that the language that they use with their kids when they're on the road speaking or singing is they say mommy has to go to work now you know and Mm -hmm. and because and i think that's maybe a little bit easier for them to get their heads around versus just saying um I guess even saying like, yes, mommy's work is singing for Jesus and telling other people about Jesus, but you know, it also helps provide for our family. And this is why we get to live in our house. And this is the way that God, God takes care of us. And I think it's very important to kind of say like, this is my job. Um, this is what God has called me to. And this is the way that he provides for us. Um, because, um, I think I just want to make sure that they're not seeing it as, oh, ministry and Jesus is taking yeah. mommy away. But right. they say, no, this is actually a part of their the work and this is what it looks like. And, um, and, and one day they'll have to work too. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it teaches them that, you know, life isn't all play. Like, and they, they're yeah. so funny. They're like, I can't wait till I'm this age. I'm like, listen, being a kid is the best. Just enjoy it. Don't rush it. Okay. Like, Sorry going by fast enough. But, um, and then also uh, I, we've just kind of, um, learned to just look at the calendar and go, all right, I want to be home more often than I'm not obviously. And, um, I would say that if I can look at a month and say, I'm going to be gone, maybe three weekends this month and I don't want it to be more than three nights in a week. You know, if I have to leave on a Thursday, I want to be back on a Sunday, you know, I'm just practical things like that. And there will be some trips that are longer, but those months that I have longer trips where I have to be gone for a week or so, um, I try to have the next, the following week where I'm just home the whole week. Um, just things like that, that we're finding work for us and, um, where our kids don't feel like uh, I'm gone all the time or Jacob's gone all the time or um, he's actually leaving on a big trip today. He's got to go to New Zealand and I'm staying home for 10 days, which is awesome. I was supposed yeah. to go to um, I was supposed to go to Haiti on a mission trip this week, but it got canceled because there's been some um, protests down there. And I just mm. said, you know what, I think I need to stay home with my kids and we can postpone this trip for another time. And it's just learning yeah. to pay attention, honestly, and, um, go, is my family in a good place? Are they healthy? Are they, are they thriving? Um, am I getting quality time with them? Do they feel like their, their love tanks are full, you know, um, just things like that. I think intentionality is very uh, important. 
You know, it's been so fun to watch you, you know, to know you when you were not married and then married and then kids and, and just to see you do so well and, and God use you through music. Um, I know that when I listen to songs, I'm thinking of you, the person and what you've gone through that, you know, birthed this song. Um, so what inspires you when you are writing a new song? Well, um, I haven't written a song by myself in... <laughs> since probably you're not alone which was like 11 or 12 years ago and uh, the reason being is when I started collaborating with other people and co-writing um it just it opened up this whole other world for me because you get other people's perspectives and and their experiences and and their walk with the Lord just kind of plays into it and it's so awesome to play off one another um, to feed mm. off one another, to respond to one another, to go, yeah, that resonates with me. Um, so a lot of times when I go into a co-writing session, um, I just go with no expectations except just to have a conversation and see what comes of it. Um, you know, I used to try to always come with something, some idea or some um, phrase or, hey, this is what's really on my heart. And I still do sometimes, but I don't feel the pressure that I have to. Mm. I just walk in and go, okay, God, what do you have for us today? Because it's a new day and you're doing a new thing. So what is it that you want to say? And just trying to lean into that and allow God to influence the conversation that happens in the room, because that's where the song is, is birthed out of so many times. Um, but there are times, you know, when I'm by myself where inspiration will hit and, um, and it'll either be just like from a, a podcast that I'm listening to or a sermon. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be um, when I'm in the shower or driving in the car. I feel like those are the times that I'm most inspired. And I don't know if it's just because my brain <laughs> yeah. is a little bit more in idle mode or just kind of like, um, yeah. But whenever I get an idea or whenever um, – a thought will hit me. I'll just kind of like write it down on my phone in my notes, or if I get a melody, I'll sing it into my voice memos and um, sometimes bring it up in a co-write, you know, but I just, uh, I mean, it could, ideas or inspiration can hit at any moment, you know, when you're doing laundry or you're doing dishes or, <laughs> or whatever. And for anybody yeah. who's creative, I, there are, there are kind of, I think two um, ways to create. One of them is just being really intentional and setting side, setting time aside to do so. And I think that's very necessary and important where you go, I'm going to take half a day and I'm going to write, or I'm going to just be creative, whatever your creative outlet is or whatever it is that you mm-hmm. love to do. Um, and then I think there are moments where, uh, again, you just learn to pay attention to the the in between the things the things that come in the mundane the the ideas and the inspiration that strikes when you're maybe least expecting it but just learning to be aware of that and learning to tune into the voice of the holy spirit and going god what are you saying to me even as i'm doing my dishes right now you know um even as i'm watering my garden like what is it that you want to say (laughs) um and, yeah. and I, I think that's a, that's a really sweet way to live our lives instead of turning it on and off. It's just this constant learning to flow with God and learning to hear his voice and learning th- that he's always speaking and that he's the creator. And so he has so many things that he wants to download in, into our own hearts, you know. So it's just about us um, yeah. being more aware and paying attention and going, all right, God, I, I want my eyes to be open to whatever it is. Um, that you're showing me. I think that's good not only for, you know, 
what you just said works for everyone. That works for someone who, you know, is has got a big project at work. Yeah. That, you know, to give enough space and quiet, I think we live in such a busy world that if we're always having stimulation information coming in, we're not being still, you know, like when the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. And it's not just having a confidence in knowing he is God, but I believe it means be still and and receive from me. I have so much to share with you. There's been times God's told me I've got secrets I want to share with you. And, and set time aside for me. And I'm in the middle of writing a book right yeah. now. And sometimes it takes me, like I'll schedule a whole day because I won't, maybe will write for part of the day, but I'm spending time in a park walking and seeing where my thoughts yeah, are taking me um, and letting him use what he's put in good. me. One of the things I've learned, um, whether you're creative or not, but everyone is, we're always creating, yeah. you know, we're, we're always you know, you might be performing at work, but we're always um, creating out of the essence of who yeah. we are. And if we know who we are in Jesus, like if we know who God is and who he made us to be, we will naturally do the things that he's called us exactly. to do. And um, but often that gets disrupted when we have stress right. or busyness right. or, or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm so. not, that's so good, Jill, because um, I think so many times in my life I've put pressure on myself just to go like, Oh God, what am I supposed to be doing? What is it? What's next? What? And, and the Lord Mm -hmm. is just saying so much to me about rest and about just being connected to him on a regular basis. Like he is my source and I don't have to strive and I don't have to spin my wheels and I don't have to make things happen for myself. Like God has it. He's Mm -hmm. got me. And so it's exactly what you're saying. Like when I'm plugged in and I'm connected to the source, then everything that's in me is from him. And it's just this overflow yeah. and it becomes this right. ease. Like you don't even have to try. It's like it's learning yeah. just to walk with God and walk it out and, and flow with him. And it's really beautiful. And I, and I don't have it all together. Like I don't, I don't have that all like a hundred percent of the time, but I, I, the Lord is continually bringing me back to that place like no striving just rest just be who I've called you to be lean into me and let me breathe on this and let me take you where I want to take you and and just enjoy living life you know every day like don't get so caught up in what's uh, you know 10 years down the road just like every day one day at a time um do you ever listen to Graham Cook I love Graham Cook. I do too. And I feel like I've learned so much about that from him. You know, even just listening to the way that he teaches and how joyful he is and how he always says, God is the happiest person I know. know? He does say that. I just love that so much. It's just like, yes, he is. Like, why would I think that he's angry and stressed out? Because he's definitely not. That's me. Right. (laughs) And God is just like, chill. Yeah. Get to know my heart, get to know my character, and you'll see that I'm actually the easiest person to be with. Mm-hmm. And I take so much delight in you, and I want to show you things. But you just gotta, you just gotta still your heart, quiet your heart for a minute. Amen. So Preach it, girl. Um, <laughs> I remember a few years ago, I was, um, you know, at, right after I got laid off from working at the at One Verse, and where yeah. we worked in in tours together, and um, I was in that season of who am I now? Like I'd always right. had a job that kind of defined my purpose. Sure. And I had changed careers so many times as the Lord led me, but I was in that season where I was like, what am I supposed to do? 
you know? Yeah. I mean, practically, I was trying to figure out how to make money. But right. I was trying to, for the first time in my life, I said, you know what? I really just want to do what you want me to do, God. I don't want to perform mm-hmm. or strive. And yet I was still asking him, what do you want me to do? And he said the yeah. most brilliant thing to me. And it was so sweet. Like sometimes, you know, God can have a, a tone that's right. that really is different. And he tenderly just said, Jill, everything good you do will come from a place of rest. Wow. And, wow. Yeah. And Woo. I've never forgotten it because I've realized I can produce all day long. I can... Yeah coach and create curriculum and, you know, write Bible says I can do that all day long out of my knowledge, you know, but, and it's good, but it, the things that really touch people where I get the most feedback, I'm sure you experience this with songs is the stuff that it was just an overflow out of me enjoying God's presence and being in rest. And it compelled me. Like I just had to pour it out. Come on. And that's where the anointing is. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so you probably have a question that you've crafted, but I just feel like this segues so (laughs) beautifully into just like talking about hiddenness Mm -hmm. and and hidden seasons because um, one of the pastors at our church uh, in Nashville, I go to church now called The Belonging, and and she has this message where she's talked about – there's wilderness seasons and hidden seasons and there's manifestation seasons. Mm. And so many times we want to skip over the hidden part because it's not glamorous and it doesn't seem fun and it doesn't seem productive. And we want to get to the manifestation fruit bearing season, but God is saying, no, you actually can't have fruit. You can't bear fruit without the hiddenness. You can't bear fruit without the abiding. You can't, you know, manifest the, the, the glory of God and the capacity that he's called us to, unless we have those seasons and, and those like moments and days and months, I don't know. I mean, it's a different length of time for everybody in every season, but, um, unless we have those moments of just going, I'm, not focusing on anything that I'm doing. I'm only focusing on who I am, who he says I am and what Mm -hmm. he's doing inside of me right now, because he has to do the work in, in us before he can do it through us. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like I've had to learn that the hard way, Jill, maybe because I'm like a type A, um, <laughs> you know, number three on the Enneagram, which is the achiever. And God is saying not exactly what you said. Everything good you do is going to come from a place of rest. And that is so opposite from the world's, you know, mindset, right? Absolutely. Like, the kingdom of God is so backwards to the world, but that's why it works is because God mm-hmm. is saying, no, everything good doesn't come from hustle. It comes from rest. Oh, yes. that's so good. I could shout right now. <laughs> but, and, and I feel like that's what God has just been continually teaching me too is like, I mean, how do I get as low as I can go? How do I get yeah. to a place and remain in a, in, in this hidden place with the Lord where um, I'm just being poured into one-on-one sitting in his presence, getting into his word, hearing his voice and just being filled up completely and aligning my heart with everything that he says um, instead of getting ahead of myself and trying to go like, okay, God, what are we going to do today? You know, yeah. he's like, oh, just hold your horses (laughs) today we're gonna rest (laughs) right exactly Uh and i know that that's i know that that's so 
anticlimactic some days, you know, and it's so opposite of, of maybe what we feel. Um, but if we could just get back to that of learning how to be faithful in the little unseen things of learning how to, um, even identify with Jesus in the way that he lived 90% of his life in obscurity. He spent three years in public ministry and his training lasted 30 years. And I'm sure there were days when he was like, is it today, father? Is it today? Like put me in coach, you know? Mm -hmm. And yet it was 30 years until God's activated him and said, all right now, but even still, as soon as he brought him onto the scene, then he went right into the wilderness, you know, and it was almost like this test of everything that he had acquired and learned. And, um, when he was in, in those hidden years, you know, I I read this book by Alicia Britt Cole Mm -hmm. called anonymous and Mm -hmm. It uh, was probably one of the most significant books I've ever read. Wow. And I feel like I need to read it just when I finish it, just start again. <laughs> it's really? one of those books. Absolutely. And she talks a lot about that. It's The subtitle is Jesus's Hidden Years and Yours. And I think that's so key for us, Jill, that like, and I think you've done this so well and so beautifully too. Even if you've been in public ministry for a long time and then God just kind of took you to a place where you were saying like, okay, what is my identity and what is my role and what am I supposed to do with my life? And God is saying, just rest. Like this is going to, if you really want to track with me, if you really want to do what I've called you to do, it's going to, it's going to not make sense to people. And, and that's okay. And I'm, I'm to a place too, where I'm like, all right, God, if this looks different than every other, you know, person, just because like, I don't want to pattern, um, what I'm, I I don't want to pattern my thing after somebody else just because it worked for them. You know, um, I think it's about just going, yeah, God, what is it? What does this look like for us? You know, you know, one of the, the, you said something that just kind of triggered a memory that I had with God when, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff that's online. A lot of my ministries online, whether it's podcasts or blogs or, you know, courses and, I've modeled everything after what has been successful and what I've been told by other people, the experts tell you, you should do this. Just kind of like, you know, how are you supposed to create an album? I mean, there's, there's certain things in place that make sense. Yeah. But as we've watched our, um, our world change and, you know, we didn't have, you know, all the social media when we were talking about all there was, was, uh, um, Facebook was brand new and we just had MySpace. Things are always changing. So what God has been reminding me of is to that he knows what's coming next. He knows the yeah. next wave and the new thing he's going to release, yeah. whether it's an idea or technology or whatever. And if I'll partner with him, he's yeah. going to show me how to like somebody has to be the first to do something. Right. And I want to be tracking with God and be the first to do something. I don't always yeah. want to be modeling after other people, although exactly. that's great. I want to be doing new things with God. And the only way that we get that is when we shut out the comparison and the noise of the world and allow ourselves to be hidden. And so that because it's not like God's keeping us from something in a hidden season. He's it's imagine like he's taking you to like he's, you know, the king of this great castle. And he's like, hey, Mm. daughter, I've got some secrets to share with you. Yeah. And you're being invited in for this hidden time where he's pouring out. And 
And then in your excitement, when that time is done, he absolutely says, I release you. Go share it with the world. Go share it with the kingdom because they need this. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. So good. can be beautiful. You know, it reminds me, too, of the song. um, I don't know how to pronounce Stephanie's last name. Gretzinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's got that song that says, I've been a father for a long time. Mm. Um, and, he, and it's basically like, trust me, I've been a father yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. And I, I love that idea. Yeah. That he knows awesome. what he's doing. That's I can trust right. him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, man. I need to remember that every day. But he, he's, he's been doing He's been at this for a while. You yeah. Know? He yeah. knows exactly what he's doing. And he's trustworthy at every turn, even when it doesn't make sense in the natural. Yeah. And a lot of times people like you or or even, I mean, me to a much smaller degree as far as being public and having and being a leader in ministry, a lot of times people don't know the hidden or the trial or whatever. They only hear the song or they read the book or they they only see the outcome and they don't know the price that we had to pay to get there. Exactly. And it doesn't really feel like a price by the time you release it to the world. No, for sure. For sure. But... God is doing so many beautiful things in us that all of us, all the time, like you said, you don't have it all together. You haven't arrived. You're not perfect at it. Right. Um, So what are the things God is teaching you right now? I was just sitting in church on Sunday um, and the message was like so pertinent to where I am. I I pretty much just wept through the whole thing. Mm. Um, But just the thought of... um, keeping my heart in check every day, um, keeping my heart sensitive to the Lord because, you know, life and ministry and day in and day out and kids and all everything, it mm-hmm. can just clutter up our hearts to the place where we're just going through the motions and I don't want to be there. And so, um, getting to a place the Lord has just been the, the, the verse in Psalms. Um, and I don't remember the exact, um, address, but (laughs) the one that says, um, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be Mm -hmm. pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. And I think I, the Lord has really been dealing with me about the meditations of my heart. Mm -hmm. What are the things that I'm dwelling on? What are the things that I'm allowing to take root in my spirit and in my heart? And are they godly? And are they aligning with his word? And how do I take the thoughts captive that would try to elevate themselves above Jesus? And and what are the motivations in my heart? You know, these are all the things I feel like yeah. God is just kind of stripping some things away. He's like, let's get the clutter out. Let's get the debris out. You know, like my heart is soft. My heart is tender t- towards the Lord. But maybe there's just some unnecessary clutter in there and it just needs to be gone. And so yeah. I just want to keep my heart in check. And I think it's a daily thing. And our pastor says this too, like it's a daily thing of just going, God, what is it in my heart today that I can't see that you want to tweak or you want to remove or you yeah. want to um, just clean out, you know, and show it to me and and keep my eyes open to what you're doing inside of me and take me to a deeper place with you and let my heart always just be so connected to you. Let me let I want you to always be my first love and let the motivations of my heart and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. And that's where I am, Jill. Like, Mm. The older I get, you know, it's like there's always 
more tendency or more temptation just to be distracted by things that really don't matter that maybe other people put a lot of emphasis on but god let let your voice be the loudest voice in my in my heart and in my head so that yeah. i don't get caught up on what others think or what they say or what is portrayed on social media um but what's in your word and what's in your heart and um and what do you have for me and what are you saying over my life and i think it's just really important for us just to always come back to that place of going god i'm aligning myself with you and i'm keeping my heart in check and i want to be like david like even though he messed up he was always so quick to ask forgiveness he was always so quick to repentance and realigning his heart and just saying god created mm-hmm. me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me you know and i believe that yeah. that's so necessary for for all of us and and especially those of us who are in ministry because otherwise it can become about something that it was it was never intended to be about amen That's so good. I love the verse going along those same lines in the Beatitudes, and it says, the pure in heart shall see God. Yeah. And that has been such a prayer of mine, too, because no one is as aware of your heart as God. And there's things I know of that need to be worked on, and and he's so gracious to help me work through them. But then there's other things that we don't know. And right. if we truly want to see God, I think it's a good prayer to just ask him, make my heart pure because I want to see you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Come on. That. Oh, man, so girl, I so miss hanging out with you all the time. I know, I do too. Can you come to Nashville? <laughs> I mean, I think I need to. There's a couple people there that I love a lot that I need to be making a trip down there soon. Make so. a little trip. <laughs> hey, you're Maybe home for 10. Ten... so hot. <laughs> What's that? Maybe when it's not so hot. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> but um, yeah. you're home for 10 days. I should. Uh... <laughs> I know. Come on. I got air conditioning. And we go to, we got, we got the wide on the street. We go to the pool. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, I've so enjoyed our conversation today. I'm so glad you, you came on to, uh, to share your heart. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Well, hey, everybody. I hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Meredith as much as I did. And if you did enjoy the podcast, there's a few things I'd love for you to do. First of all, if you would subscribe to the show, that it that would really help. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed and be ready when you are. And second, if the ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help me continue to reach others, please leave a review or you can click on the link in the description and you can give support to the show now. You can also learn more about Meredith, including linking to her website and all her social media and all the different things we talked about on the podcast today. When you go to jillmonaco.com and click on the link that says podcast, you can also find it on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, Well, thanks so much for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well, you were made for it.